Hello, it's me, Ben, uh, from the podcast Bunta Vista. Uh, it's just a note to say that we've we unlocked this episode, the bonus episode from this week, uh, as a thank you to everyone that's been doing Playpool. There have been some great Playpool plugs going on, and we really appreciate it. Um, so here's a little little freebie on us. If you've not plugged the podcast Bunta Vista to anyone yet, um, this this Playpool, please pick one person in your life you think is the most susceptible to a podcast recommendation perhaps you know a long-haul trucker um or similar who might who has a lot of time in which they could listen to a podcast uh consider giving that a bash um if you're listening to this paul very sorry kind of all right thanks Welcome to Blood of Vista. This is a bonus episode. My name is Andrew, and I'm going to be your tour guide here today at the Turd Factory. Here's your mask. Don't forget to put that on. As we open the doors, you'll see our impossibly high ceilings and large spiral water slides sending a never-ending cascade of liquid shit down into the lake below us. This foamy brown mass is the base for all of the turds that we make here. Hmm. Now, now, here at our first workstation is one of our finest turd scientists. She's adding the perfect mix of granulated peanuts and single kernels of sweet corn, and she's making <laughs> sure to get Christ. the ballast just right. It's Lucy. Hi. How long did you have to go to university to get this uh, important role, Lucy? Like, I didn't, because I had the life experience <laughs> of myself being a turd factory. <laughs> oh. And when what? you've really lived it, you know, it makes it makes it easier to really get into the job, you know? You've got to respect lived experience. That's You do. That's so That's true. We have a lot of qualified people here at the Turd Factory. Yeah. Qualifications are important to us, and also sustainability is very important to us here at the Turd Factory. So the next workstation we have is uh, where we process our reclaimed turds. As you can see, there's an open vat with a man standing inside, stomping on all the secondhand turds to mush them into a fine paste. Oh, my God. The paste is then strained and drained and sent down the big slide into our main turd lake. Uh, now, we've told this man here a bunch of times that we allow and possibly even prefer for him to wear boots or waders, <laughs> but as a purist, he insists on doing the job barefoot oh. in very small shorts. It's Ben. No hairnet today, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to get hairs in there. This is the fucking worst. What is wrong with this you people? truly <laughs> awful. These are the episodes people pay for. <laughs> Welcome to the factory where we make turds from an ass. Just and recycle them? <laughs> this is how I explain to my kids where turds come from. Oh, the turd factory. I'm the Willy Wonka type figure. At the, the spirit of Playpool. The people will be like, you know what? I'm, I'll play this podcast for my friends. Listen to this. It's two minutes, 20 seconds of Turd Factory. Yep. It's funny. Like, it's really funny. You just got to... You got to push through the turds. Just stay yeah. with it. Like, push stay through the it. first three seasons and it's literally so funny. Yeah. It becomes the greatest podcast of all time after the first 280 episodes. You just really... <laughs> right. But it won't make sense if you don't listen to... 
the first. Hey, I'm the guy that squishes all the turds with <laughs> my feet, and my my nasty hair has all been dipped in the turds because I'm standing in the turds. It's between <laughs> all his toes. It's under his toenails. And then I'm going to use my hands to gently shape them into turd shapes instead of <laughs> homogenous turd mass. You happy? Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm wallowing in the muck with you two. A couple yeah, of real. Filth lords. <laughs> no, look, and you've touched on something really important, which is that we we really prioritize like a handcrafted quality here. We don't want to be it's artisan. Like, yeah, we don't want to just be, be extruding yeah. them like a cheap Woolworth sausage. Yeah. You know, no yeah. pink slime here. No, it's brown. Yep. Yeah, it and shouldn't. It shouldn't be pink. I don't yeah. think that one's on the chart at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> but each one, each one, uh, like Ben said, lovingly hand formed. Uh, you know, like like we're doing uh, loving pottery. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a, like a pottery wheel situation? Is that what you're picturing? I'm shaping it into yep. beautiful I'm, sausage shapes. I am, of course, now picturing uh, listening to Unchained Melody mm-hmm. as a ghost guides my hands and we erotically make a big turd together. Yeah. Right? You woke up this morning and it is the morning and you thought... That's an idea. That's an I've idea. I've got a kernel of an idea here. Hey, That's what you thought. Oh, That's what you thought. Hey, oh. oh, she's right here with it, folks. Is she the Bunta Vista comedian too, of the week? Too early to say. Too I'm early to say. Just kicking it off. I'm doing the chemist warehouse thing. Oh, oh, can I tell you guys something very exciting? This just happened out my front window. Yeah. Mm. So before we started recording, a couple of minutes before we started recording, two people from an apartment upstairs um, brought down a dog shit ugly coffee table and put it on the curb even though it's not curbside collection mm-hmm. um with the hopes that perhaps someone would take it before it rains next and then it explodes uh and then just then a guy walked up to it he picked it up he examined the underside and then he nodded and then he's just taken it away that coffee Amazing. table has found a home that's the circle of life. That's, That's a great ecosystem that we yes. sometimes just do that. You're like, why don't you just leave it outside? Someone might, someone someone might just take, take it. it. Yeah, we did. Um, we did hard rubbish here in Canberra recently because, like, it's hard rubbish is, is much more of an institution in like Melbourne and I guess Brisbane as well. Oh yeah, we love curbside here. Mm. Although we didn't have it for a couple of years because of um, because of COVID. They stopped curbside collection. Yeah, oh, you That's don't want to get COVID from someone activity. else's couch. It's real fucking weird. Uh, they they instead switched to a system where you get issued a certain number of vouchers for free trips to the tip oh. uh, every every year. Except you know that doesn't really work if you don't have a car or whatever. But curbside's back, baby, and it's better than ever. Well, it's been so long since I've seen it in action that we put some out, knowing that it was going to be very soon and when i came out and it was all gone it was like magic it was like reverse santa it was wonderful reverse santa there's a there's a <laughs> mysterious kind of <laughs> there's a mysterious entity for you to think about and we have many other kinds of mysterious entities for you uh here on cryptid watch Just have to check that we don't have a cryptid watch theme. We don't, but we probably should. Feels like mm. we should. Yeah, add that to the to the list. Add that the to list. your Trello. <laughs> Put it into the themes lane. That's right. Uh, this comes to us from WGNO, the Wugno in mm-hmm. New Orleans. 
What is the mysterious creature swimming in lagoons at New Orleans City Park? Ooh, what is it? What, t- tell us. I think it's uh, I think it's author Brandy Jensen. She live in New Orleans. Yeah, she moved there. Didn't she? Oh, that's very cool. Maybe she's yeah. having a dip. She's been on this very podcast. Yeah. Check out the episode with Brandy Jensen. Yeah. There's something strange lurking in the lagoons of New Orleans City Park, and it is baffling visitors as to what sort of fish or creature it is. Fish is a creature. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a true. really good taxonomic <laughs> distinction. Fish or creature. Mm. Is that it's a creature? Two genders. No, I think it's a fish. Hey, I think I just saw a dog or animal. Idiot. What a stupid thing to write. (laughs) Yeah, WGNO, you are on blast. Quote, We looked into the water and saw a mysterious serpent-like creature. It is nothing I have seen before, land or sea. Amazing. Said Kim Frusciante, who captured the video of the creature. The great people of the internet... Hmm. Seem to think it is a genetically modified carp fish created in a lab and released in City Park. It's That's the most a... obvious. Occam's razor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Occam's carp. <laughs> Two people turn to each other. You thinking what I'm thinking? Yes. <laughs> genetically modified carp fish created in a lab. Frischiani and her family spotted the strange creature a few days ago while walking through the sculpture garden. Quote, my children were a combination of terrified and excited, as many children would be seeing a beast in City Park, she said. Really giving a little artistic license here. It's not intimidating. It's a really beautiful way with words, though. The way she yeah. said all of this. <laughs> Serpent-like creature. Nothing I've seen before, land or sea. <laughs> Wonderful. You're really picturing a kind of, um, what's the name of the captain from Jaws? Captain Brody. Jaws. Is he Brody? Brody Jaws. His name is Brody Jaws. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Jaws? Jaws. Oh, call me Brody. Call me Brody. Jaws. Yeah. (laughs) That's ironic. That's ironic that that's... She went on to say... (laughs) Got like a corncob pipe. (laughs) Looking wistfully out off the coast. It was quite long. I have a four-year-old slightly smaller than it. And it was weaving on the surface. A lot of scales. The tail was red and it was swishing around aimlessly. Hanging out on the surface much longer than a normal fish. Oh, that is good. That is pretty good. That's real. Like, um, I like the way that she is peppering this with like a lot of suggestion as opposed to concrete claims mm. that mm. she has a deep well of fish-related knowledge that she's tapping into. She's getting nothing about this fish. Yeah. She knows exactly how long a fish is. And mm. she knows this is no normal fish. Yeah, a little bigger than my four-year-old lying down. That's that's too big for a regular fish. <laughs> and my four-year-old is normal-sized. She yeah. should say that in there to be she clear should. for scale. I don't yeah. know if you've got a freakish four-year-old. Yeah. What if you have, like, a Baron Trump Baron situation? Trump. <laughs> Your four-year-old is seven feet tall. Yep. Frischiani is the founder of the preschool Early Partners, where they are doing a deep dive investigation. Yeah, <laughs> throwing we're using toddlers. Them as bait. <laughs> throw, throwing your four-year-old in to measure her against the fish. Uh, throwing Toddler was that live album, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you're under 30. 
Check out live. <laughs> Check out the band live. Really hard to Google, but you should listen to Throwing Poor Copper. Poor SEO. Yeah. Ed Kowalczyk or whatever his fucking name is. Yeah. Didn't think about that at all. If you're you didn't uh, think about SEO. <laughs> if, yeah, for some reason, this band that got formed in 1984 wasn't thinking about SEO. All right, Mr. Live Expert. Oh, I'm looking at Google. Come on, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Um, if you're in the age of 30, watch the film clip for the song I Alone by uh, the band Live and watch Ed's little little ponytail on the back of his head jiggle around in slow motion <laughs> while he's dancing. It, what's the one where it's him like singing dramatically in the rain and the storm? Is that I Alone or is that Dolphins Cry? Dolphins Cry. If you tried to explain Live to Azuma, they'd look at you like you were crazy. So when you look if at Pearl Jam was worse and sounded like Christian rock, <laughs> but it's I like not it. Christian rock. It's not <laughs> it's redeeming not Christian for Christian rock. people. Yeah. When you look dead on at the guy, it looks like he's got a shaved head. But when he turns around, surprise! Oh, and you wouldn't believe this, but he has a prominent role in the movie Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a like a waiter or a maitre d towards the end, where he's going from town to town, and everyone recognizes him. Oh wow! Yeah, beautiful. Would you call that a prominent role? Uh, it, it's prominent in that every time I've watched Fight Club, I've elbowed the person next to me. i been like, <laughs> that's, that's Ed <laughs> Kowalczyk from Life. They say, who? Yeah. Quote, In our sea creature studies, and we haven't seen anything like this in our books, I'm pretty well convinced it's the Loch Ness Monster of New Orleans, she said. I love that she's saying this like they have a deep paranormal research library, but she's talking yeah. about what they have at the preschool. Like she's opening up the tome, like the ancient tome of fishes. That's right. <laughs> yep. Instead, it's like, there's nothing about this in Curious George. <laughs> <laughs> WGNO reached out to New Orleans City Park. They asked for the location of the creature and to see the video. Show me, show show me this creature. <laughs> No word yet on if they can identify what the creature is, but they believe it could be a carp. <laughs> can you just fish it out and take a look? Uh, why don't you just dive in and grab it? It might be an eel. Yeah, just grab it. Or it's a, it's the weapon X of carp. They've taken <laughs> out its bones. They've replaced it with titanium. Mm. It's sort of like the Wolverine of carp mm. from Marvel uh. Comics. Are you saying titanium because, like, adamantium isn't a real oh, element we could use in this world? No, good point, sir. I got confused. You're right. Okay. It is adamantium, not titanium. Is adamantium it, like, real? No. Ah, That's shit. why I thought you had opted for titanium. Because adamantium is not a real thing. Are you just Googling adamantium real? I am. Um... <laughs> probably not. Yeah, that's true. It appears to be entirely fictional. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> solved that day. mystery. Oh God, <laughs> I am thirty-two years yeah. old. If you are uh, listening to this podcast and you also just learned that adamantium is a fictional metal alloy, uh, we're here for congrats. you. Congrats! Are you congrats. smarter than a thirty-two-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we know vibranium is real. That's right. Mm. New Orleans City Park said that they would be working with their aquatic partners to gather more information. Abraham Sapien. That's right. Yep. <laughs> We're getting Prince Namor. We're getting all of them. <laughs> what other underwater guys have we got? 
Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Yep. God. <laughs> so you got Jason Momoa. <laughs> oh, how about um, who's the who's the guy with the big trident? The 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 Neptune? god of. Is it Neptune? Maybe. Poseidon. Poseidon. <laughs> Poseidon. And then I believe she got one of the other superheroes. Poseidon. <laughs> yeah, isn't Neptune the uh, the Roman god of the sea, or is that Jupiter? I could have used you when I was doing that crossword last week. Ah, uh, well. Yep. Mm. I think Neptune would have fit. Uh, writing the wrong thing in for a crossword clue and using pen. It's the one thing <laughs> I didn't want to happen. It's time for the one thing we didn't want to happen. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. Yeah, I was doing the really easy crossword. Mm. Um, out of the the weekend paper, and Elna had just kind of very half-heartedly started it, and she was like, "Ooh, I always do it in pencil in case I get it wrong and I have to rub it out." And I was like, "You fucking coward! You fucking coward! Shit out, motherfucker!" Be and sure, be sure writing before you're writing. Poseidon in, and then ran out of letters. Yeah, got, got a red your Greek pen and out, Roman mixed up. Did a few, and I was like, "Idiot!" Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Immediately tearing the paper up into little bits, flushing it down the toilet. You okay in there? <laughs> Fine. I'm just jacking off. Don't worry. Nothing weird. You flushed 35 times. <laughs> Fine. This comes to us from WPVI, the Whoopavee, hmm. in Philadelphia. Philly's dollar dog night turns into food fight. Some fans ejected. <laughs> yeah, that's I love like, Philadelphia. Yeah. A beautiful place. Here's here's a sentence where I think you could pretty much swap in the subject with anything. Literally, yes. And yeah. the sentence will will still work, right? Yeah. If you didn't know about the Philadelphia Phillies dollar dog night at Citizen Bank Park, chances are you do now. Yeah. Yeah, you're writing about it in the article. Yep. Uh, if you didn't know about the Loch Ness Monster of New Orleans that's swimming in this little pond... You do now. We should say that after every story where we introduce yes. potentially new information to a listener. If you didn't know adamantium wasn't real, <laughs> you do now. And you're welcome. Uh, the fan favorite game day took a viral turn Tuesday night in section 112. I assume they mean like social media, you know? Not, yeah. not everybody contracted some sort of rage virus. They got the rage virus. <laughs> From right. a hot dog. Yep. Quote, it started in our section with them having a hot dog eating contest, said Robert Christovich. Impromptu ad hoc hot dog eating contest organized by the Just people themselves. That's the dream of organizing, of community. Mm. That's incredible. Spontaneous organization. Yeah. How many, uh, how many hot dogs do you think you could eat in a sitting, guys? I get a real hungry maximum, maybe four. And we're to- like I'm I'm gonna say we're talking like like a supermarket hot dog bun, mm. standard length mm. hot dog, and like just some ketchup and mustard, right? There's yeah, nothing I think extra. The average on there. is about five point seven inches. Depends on the bun. I don't know, that sounds really small to Whether me. Whether it's cold or <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could eat six. Six. Yeah, I th- I, I'm saying I think if they're like really cheap, airy buns. Yeah. You know, the little buns. Nice yeah, little you, buns they getting, got in America. You're not getting a pretzel bun or like a, you know, anything of any substance. You want the kind of bun that if you gave it to a raccoon and the raccoon tried to wash it in a little pond, it would just disintegrate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
That's the main way I judge the substance of something. What happens when a raccoon tries to wash it? Yeah, just wondering about these these buds you have here. If a little raccoon had it in its little paws, then tried to wash its hands, would it disappear entirely? Yeah. Or do you think do you think there'd be some wisps of bread left in the water or Yeah, hold on hold on, sir, I'll be done in a second. Big line behind you. Beleaguered fourteen-year-old at Baker's Delight. Uh, <laughs> oh, I need no. to get my manager. I lost the manager. <laughs> Quote: This kid was eating a bunch of hot dogs. He had thirteen, <laughs> and people were trying to get him. People were like, "Eat another one! Eat another one!" <laughs> so they started throwing hot dogs to him. The guard came over and started yelling, and then it just went nuts. <sighs> this is Philly culture. This this. Kid, a child, like a child, had and everyone's like, "Eat another hot, hot dog! Eat another fucking hot dog! Eat the fucking hot dog!" Throwing them at him, Being pelted with hot dogs. Christovich captured video of the hot dogs flying across the ballpark. That's beautiful. Like this is a Pruder film, you know? Yeah, <laughs> slow motion, frame by frame. Yep. You see, this one hits him in the back left side of the head. A different angle shows the hot dogs being thrown close enough that they almost get onto the field. <gasps> Imagine. He says at some point during the game, the, quote, flying Franks turned into a big food fight with the meal being tossed across rows from one section to the next. You guys got too much food. Don't do dollar dogs. It makes them low value. Yeah. People don't treasure their hot dog if they only got it for a dollar. That's right. Go to the MCG in Melbourne and your hot dog will cost you roughly 9 to $13 and then you're valuing that dog. And why not wash it down with a $22 beer? Mid-strength, yeah. Mid-strength, yeah. Yeah, and it's warm. It's in a plastic cup and it sucks ass. Uh, I think what we need to do is we need to do that thing where, uh, where like they turned... Lobster from a trash food into a rich people food. Mm. Oh. You think we should do that with hot dogs? Yeah, I th- just to stop this kind of thing from happening. You want to gate you know? yeah. hot dogs? Yeah, if a hot dog cost you fourteen dollars, you wouldn't be throwing it at a thirteen-year-old at a baseball game. I think. Yeah, maybe you would just to show off, just to really stun them. Yeah, you know, this means nothing to me. I could yeah. buy five more of these. I have a hundred hot dogs in my house. Right that guy's now. got a whole tray of hot dogs. Videos of Dan Bilzerian with <laughs> a whole bunch of hot dogs in a bed. You know those like weird like viral videos where it's like this is the most expensive joint mm. ever made and it's like wrapped it's in got gold. gold leaf. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's the most expensive hot dog ever made. I know I'm not uh, I like I used to I used to really smoke a punishing amount of weed back in the day. Um, and even, even at my height of like smoking blunts all the time and engineering big ridiculous shit, I still think I would have looked at those ones where they're like, what are you doing after smoking this? And they make a, (laughs) make a big joint and they put like all the purple weed in it and all the green weed in it. And then they like drizzle the fucking THC syrup over it. Which has got to make it burn like shit, right? They dust it with a whole bunch of like fine powder they're putting like pure thc crystals on it and they're dipping it in fucking i've never seen anything like this that's a corner of the internet i've not ventured it's, into it's literally one video it's, oh. andrew was describing the one video that is the yep. same one video that i have seen okay yep. where but it's always it would just like every two weeks someone would be like 
W-Y-D after smoking this? And my answer is always lying down. I'm lying <laughs> thinking, the hell down. I've, I've, I keep thinking about cataloging like um, the specific posts that people, that somebody somebody just posts every like two to three months to get a bunch of engagement. Like, like say the video of David Bowie. Um, oh, the internet? It's a really groovy but dangerous tool. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good David Bowie. Thank you. Oh, That's, oh yeah, boy. All the time. They're just like, wow, this is shockingly prescient. I don't know. He just said that the internet will be kind of crazy. Yeah, yep. I guess so. Plus, they had sex with that 16-year-old. Anyway, yeah, there's just, there's just things like that that I think you just see over and over and over. Over and over and over, and you'll yeah. never stop seeing them. I think like posts get a, a certain amount of traction every time, and I think they just go into this bank of like easy engagement things that people can wheel out over and over and over. Name over. a film opinion that would make people react like this, and it's <laughs> I think it's from The Road to El Dorado, where he's got yeah. all the sword swords, the swords on the guy. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I often mentally confuse it with oh, unless it is from. Tangled. It's either the no, because the road to El Dorado's two D. It's cell shaded. It oh, you're right. I'm a fucking um, idiot. Moron. No, you are instead thinking of the scene in the movie Tangled, the Disney <laughs> Rapunzel movie with Mandy Moore. Don't okay. think I've seen Tangled. Singing all the songs. Oh look. I don't nice. get why you'd farm engagement on Twitter because you get nothing from. You can't it. translate it into anything. It's not translated into any kind of money. Yeah, it's now useless. That they to they you. shut down that website, Clout, where you could get vouchers if you had enough Twitter followers <laughs> or whatever the oh, fuck it was. Damn, now that's cool. Yeah, let's bring that back. Yeah, that bring was that Clout weird. Yeah, whatever happened to that sustainable business model? Where'd that go? <laughs> what was that? I still don't really understand what that website was for because it's not like you had to post and say, I got this from Clout or like, wait, how was Clout making money? I didn't on know that? you got vouchers. I just remember it being like you could click on it and be like, you're an influencer in coffee mugs. They'd give you free shit sometimes. If you like oh. reached enough followers. Or you got enough engagement, it would be like, you've earned 20 clout, clout bucks. And Damn. you can spend that on this this hat that says, I love tweeting and shin. <laughs> <laughs> I do love tweeting. I'm trying to find out about like the website. And much like the band Live, hmm. it turns out that it's a terrible social media strategy. Because oh. you'd write social media clout. Are you, are you spelling it with a K? Was it spelled with a K? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Clout. That's going to yeah. make it easier. That's good SEO. Clout is shutting down. 25th of May, 2018. Rips. <laughs> okay. Rips. Um, uh, so, Clout would use online social influence. It would calculate online social influence via the Clout score. Numerical value between 1 and 100. Measured the size of a user's social media network and correlated the content created to measure how other users interact with that content. Launched in 2008. Fucking Oof. hell. Oofa doofa. Oh my god, this is this is how long this was going on for. They were adding up your your various followers and all that sort of stuff from uh, Instagram, sure. Twitter, sure. YouTube, sure. LinkedIn, mm. eh. Google Plus, Foursquare four and Bing. Foursquare. Wait, what? In How do you what get a Bing score? What's your Bing yeah. score, bro? You, What's your Bing score? What's your Bing score? 
Oh man, there's here's an article from 2013 uh, on Adweek. Uh, nearly three years after Clout launched Clout Perks as its first paid product for brands, letting right. marketers like Chevy reward influential users with offers like a weekend-long test drive, more than one million perks have been claimed across 400 campaigns. All right, so I guess they would give you free shit if they thought that your profile, like your audience would be interested in that free shit with the hope that you would then post about it. And look, in I think in theory this makes sense to me in the world that we live in to say we're, we're going to give brands and stuff a measurable way for, for them to like assess who to reach out to and, you know, offer like promoted content or or like, um, yeah, ad, ad reads or whatever the fuck. Sponcon, Sponcon, Sponcon. Uh, that kind of that kind of makes sense. But again, I would I would simply ask the question you asked at the beginning, Ben, which is how is Cloud making money out of this though? A qui bono, I ask. Mm. I don't know if that's what those words are or if that's what they Not mean. Sure. Let's try and figure this out. Quote: They've been fascinated with perks, said Fernandez of Bing's advertising and brand solutions team. You'll see some experimentation in the second half of the year. Sponsored answers, maybe. Uh, user-generated content pages for perks being spotlit on Bing. <laughs> Clout was criticized for the opacity of their methodology. In spite of the controversy, some employers made hiring decisions based on Clout scores. Oh. As, oh. as reported in an article for Wired, a man recruited for a VP position with 15 years of experience consulting for companies including America Online... Ford and Kraft was eliminated as a candidate specifically because of his clout score, which at the time was 34 in favor <laughs> oh, of a candidate so rough. with a score of 67. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That's bleak. That's dog shit. <laughs> that's so dog shit. Imagine getting that phone call. You're sorry. And being like, sorry, can I ask, like, what was the problem with my resume? Like, what could I do better? And they're like, listen, it it's your clout score. It was clout score. 34? You're applying here with a 34? Come <laughs> on. Who the fuck do you think you are yeah. coming in here with a score like that? Who do you think we are that we mm. would accept a 34? Well, we had a 67? Telling telling someone uh, that they have not got the job because of their cloud score and saying, oh, this conversation never gets any easier no matter how many times I have it. <laughs> What the fuck is a cloud score, people saying, before you hang up on them real fast, you know? <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, so, yes, yeah, some fans got thrown out of the game. <laughs> Speaking of clout score, how bad did you get clouted with a hot dog? Yes. <laughs> Quote, they were throwing people out like crazy because it progressed, as things do, to water bottles. So the water bottles started coming from the upper deck. I was there with my boys and we got out, he said. Just hurrying out of the stadium. He's talking about like his sons or like his group of guys. Like me and my boys. Uh, me and my boys got out of there. That's seven grown adults being like, this is very unsafe. This is Let's get out of here. Let's go hang uh, out at Troy's house. Let's get in that garage. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... I think, it's, I think it's the kids because if you were there with your small children... And people start piffing full water bottles. Yeah. yeah. You should probably leave. That's like, kids, this is dangerous. we got to go. But if you're just there with like three your of your other large boys. Yeah. And you've all had, you know, half a dozen beers, half a dozen hot dogs. 
you got the strength to get in on the engagement, you know? <laughs> you, your crew can join this raid as it happens. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Derek, Dennis, Dave, get on in there. Start hurling Mount Franklin water bottles. No, sorry, America. Uh, Evian water bottles at the opponents. See how you go. Good luck over there. I don't think they're selling Evian at the Philadelphia baseball game. I don't know the American water bottle brands because I also... A bottle of water is for chumps. If get you've bought a Frank bottle Green, of water... Get your big metal water bottle, ladies. Get They're your clean canteen them. directly into someone's <laughs> noggin. They're, they're selling Dasani at the, at oh, the Dasani. baseball game, I think. Mm, yeah. 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 It just makes you sick during the game. <laughs> uh, he said he'd been to Dollar Dog Nights before and has never seen anything quite like this. But, he adds... There was nothing malicious. Hands yeah. up, palms out. Good, clean, fun. Perfectly legal. I, are... want to, <laughs> I want to interrogate the thought that it progressed as things do to water bottles. Like all things, yeah. the arc of the universe is long and it bends towards throwing water bottles at people. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if water bottles is meant to be the logical thing there so much as people just started throwing the heavier, harder things that they had available to them. Yeah, yeah. From a, a D2 damage thrown item to a D4. That's right. Ratcheting it up a notch. There are two more Dollar Dog Nights, one on April 25th <laughs> and another on May the 9th, so be warned. <laughs> yeah, if you come here, it's at your own risk. You're getting mustard. You're getting ketchup. You know You're what going to home expect. messy. Yeah, possibly <laughs> concussed because of a water bottle hitting you in the head. The Phillies released this statement to Action News. Quote, There were several people who were ejected from our game last night as a result of their unruly behaviour. A behaviour which the Phillies do not condone. In addition, our staff took the appropriate action to assist any fans who voiced complaints. Unfortunately, the small minority of people involved in this situation put our regular fan base in a negative light. Yeah, you hate to see the good name of Philadelphia sports fans being yeah. tarnished like this. <laughs> a guy that ate the horse turd after the fucking um, the Eagles win. Oh, ate, the, ate the what? Oh, he ate he ate a horse turd, I believe, from like oh. a police horse. Oh, There's yeah, like, yeah. I remember. Surrounded by a ring of like <laughs> hundreds of people cheering him on. <laughs> Ah, uh, Philadelphia. It is nothing if not a region of the world. Yeah. It's time to, uh, I guess, depending on which direction you're facing in Philadelphia, to uh, swivel around however many degrees it takes you to be facing Maine, a different region. It's time for Regional Bullshit. Regional Bullshit Every little town has got their own bullshit Regional bullshit. Every little town has just got to have it. It's time for regional bullshit. This uh, this story is actually a little older than the ones that we normally talk about. I think it's maybe three or four weeks old now, but it's been at the very bottom of the notes. And every single time I've gone to cull it out, I've been like, oh, nah, no, nah, I can't. So it's it's we we had to do this finally, because again we are a podcast that's very interested in uh, sustainable 
living, sustainable production of podcasts. Mm. We Nothing know, goes to waste. Yeah. Reclaiming older stories, you know. This comes to us from the Associated Press. Maine claims biggest ice disc measuring 1,776 feet. It's pretty big. That's a big ice disc. That's a big disc. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. That's small to me, actually. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> do, you, do you think... Um, do you think they did the, the 1776 on purpose? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Do you yeah. think it's, it's they've 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 calculated it to God damn it. Talk yeah. about the greatness of America. Mm. Yeah. These motherfuckers. The goddamn Declaration of Independence. Which I'm going to steal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> that should be fun. FYI. Hijinks. Volunteers cut a big old circle in a frozen lake and set it in motion, claiming a world record in a category that few people know exists. The biggest ice carousel. Got something new to aspire to, Lucy. Yeah. With a diameter of 1776 feet or 541 meters, the less patriotic measurement. Yeah. The giant piece of ice estimated at 146,000 tons... Moved slowly like a lazy Susan to hoots, <laughs> hollers, and high fives on Saturday. Why are you spinning it? Well, because then it's an ice carousel. Otherwise, it's just a stationary ice disc. <laughs> and that sounds like shit. And it has a very similar acronym to SIDS. So they probably want to avoid that. Yeah, mm. okay. Yeah. I've never actually seen a news article describe a group of people as hooting and hollering. I only <laughs> ever hear that used pejoratively. Here they're like, no, people were hooting and hollering. It's such a main behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Undignified. The northern Maine ice busters had to cut through ice nearly 30 inches thick on a path painstakingly measured by survey crews to create a perfect circle measuring nearly six football fields across. Yeah, the last perfect circle was only about four or five guys, I think. <laughs> If you're under 30. (laughs) (laughs) It's a laborious but fun way to provide entertainment during the long, cold winter, and it has turned into something of a rivalry in places like Finland, Minnesota, and Maine. That's a a slight... uh, collection of things. There's even a World Ice Carousel Association. It's a friendly competition, said John Mazo, media liaison for the Northern Maine Ice Busters. <laughs> Sounds full, like a full-time hockey team. job. Full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday, it took a Herculean effort to get the giant disc moving with 10 outboard boat engines, farm equipment driving oversized propellers, and a couple of wheeled vehicles too. This is an said. insane thing to do. This rules. This is amazing. Also, I'm very confused about the setup now. So, Ten, they've like drilled some outboards to the edges of the disc, pointed them, I guess, sort of, uh, what do you, whatever that word is. You know, when you make a line that doesn't cross through the circle, it touches only one point on the outside. Oh, it's a tangent. On the tangent line. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That was a tangent as well. Uh, Then they've. Farm equipment driving oversized propellers. So they've they've just sort of made like ad hoc Titanic style massive propellers, put them On into like the water. A John Deere tractor or something. Yeah, 
I don't know. This is amazing. This is an incredible effort for something completely arbitrary and ridiculous. It does nothing. <laughs> it's like it's just spinning. Yeah, Do you go on it? Imagine being on it. Oh, my God. It'd be so much fun. You'd be slowly spinning in a featureless wide expanse where it's impossible to tell that you're spinning. <laughs> Chuck Zwilling of Little Falls, Minnesota was there to help. Thank fuck. And he said he and his family and volunteers back home will create an even bigger one to keep the competition going. Not very patriotic, if you ask me. This is also very cool that like this is a small enough hobby that these rivals are helping each other beat each other. Yeah, that's so- nice. They got Chuck's Wheeling in from Minnesota. Yeah. So Maine's like, we're going to beat you, you naughty little gremlins down in Minnesota. And Chuck's <laughs> Wheeling's like, oh, I'll come help you though. But oh. <laughs> uh, first, Zwilling said, he has to identify a lake that is large enough. Yeah. Green Prairie Fish Lake, used for the previous record, is too small for a 2,000-foot diameter ice disc that he envisions. Make it 2001, so it's still America-relevant, you know? Mm. Yep, why? Little, a little thing we like to call <laughs> September the 11th, Lucy. Yeah, Everybody can salute when it starts spinning. Make the 9-11 ice disc. 2,001 feet and 9-11ths of an inch. <laughs> <laughs> Quote... It's the land of 10,000 lakes in Minnesota, so we have many options, he yeah. joked. They got funny a, to you? Jeez. Yeah, they got a big advantage on Maine. That's pretty rough. It's not really a huge joke. <laughs> like it, it sounds like he's just, he's listing <laughs> a number fact. of lakes. We have a lot of lakes. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Chuck. That classic Minnesota humor. Chuck, you are the Punta Vista <laughs> lake-based comedian of the week. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, hmm. How would you get from Maine to Minnesota, I wonder? Why, I'd simply board a plane and travel there. I'd probably take the Amtrak myself. That'd be really nice, actually. What if you can get a sleeper from Maine to Minnesota? Oh, that'd be nice. They've always got, like, a cool little regional name for, like, that specific train line as well, I bet. Yeah, they do. Let's do 20 minutes on trains to close the episode (laughs) out. Yeah. Well, look, I would say to you that this isn't trainly speaking. Mm-hmm. It's plainly speaking. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Uh, I, I would say I feel like we don't, we don't do enough train-related stories. Um, we're gonna get trainly speaking. We on need board. that trainly spe- speaking theme because we've had to improvise it a few times that we've done it. Chugga chugga chugga. From Fox News, man boards plane realizes he's the only passenger on the aircraft. Not a dream. He's living the dream. Would you uh? Would you be like really going out of your way to monopolize the time of the <laughs> of the stuff? <laughs> yeah. I need another ice cube in my drink. One I more, need one ginger more. Ale. <laughs> getting, getting like blackout drunk. Yeah, just being <laughs> like, I want a glass of wine. I want you to bring me another one in half an hour, and right. again. Want you to bring me another one in half an hour. Another one ten minutes before that. Another one twenty minutes before that. So two glasses of wine to start. A man from Lancashire, England. Yuck. Arrived at an airport recently, only to realise 
He was the only passenger booked on the flight. It's got a bit of a Twilight Zone feel. It does. Suck if Uh, your plane crash. Just you. (laughs) I kind of feel like it was your fault. Yeah. Um, I I think that this is Twilight Zone worthy because they didn't cancel the flight. Yeah, that's wild. I guess yeah. they maybe they just needed the plane to be somewhere else. Probably, but, um, huh? You got to do it. Yeah, we got to get this guy's seventy pounds or whatever. That'll really help cover the cost of the ten thousand dollars in jet fuel. <laughs> yeah, it's Jetstar weighing his bag and being like, "Ooh, eight <laughs> kilos. It's gonna be a hundred dollars." <laughs> Tell them it's 200. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw that recently. Weighing the individual bags and going, ah, ah, ah. Oh, that's my F- here's my FPOS machine. I'm so good at measuring the feel of a seven kilogram bag. I'm so good at it. I, I just, just keep the orange tag on my bag. Yeah. They're pretty flimsy, but if you take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> now, this may... Hand uh, like, wash only. Yeah, you you don't want to give the game away, but if you got it laminated, then you'd be all good. You know? Yeah. Except when they say, hey, how did you have time to get this laminated? You could probably actually just print your own, honestly. Yeah, I was thinking, maybe you could start a side hustle selling Jetstar Holy tape. Holy fuck. You post up out the front of the airport at the, the entrance that's closest to Jetstar Terminal. You'd be like, hey... Do you want to take oh, nine kilos of luggage? That bag looks kind of heavy. Your bag looks a bit flight? heavy there. Yeah. Oof. I can just tell Ooh, from the way your shoulders sitting. Cost it. Yeah, but for five bucks, I got you covered, bro. I have I you, you so covered. I got you, bro. Take two. Take two. <laughs> tell your friends. First taste is free, First one's brother. Free. Yeah. Who's <laughs> gonna pay the toll, brother? <laughs> My goodness. First one's free. Don't worry. You'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> This is going to make a million dollars. And then next week, it's like Jetstar plane crashes because it was 45 kilos heavier than they thought. (laughs) Just looking up, counting your $10 bills, looking up at the TV. (laughs) Not my problem. Paul Wilkinson, a 65-year-old father of one, boarded a flight from Faro, Portugal to Belfast, Ireland with the airline Jet 2. What if that's a... I, oh, well, I was going Budget? to say, I, I wonder if that that's a, a common flight path, but judging by the number of people on the plane, I guess not. Yeah. Wilkinson was surprised to realize he was the only person who bought a ticket for the flight that particular day, as SWNS reported. Just getting off the, like, trying to contact the news while you're still on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't going to fucking believe this. This is insane. <laughs> I don't think this has ever happened. My goodness. At first, Wilkinson thought his plane had been delayed or cancelled since there were no other passengers at the gate when he arrived. (laughs) I spoke to the stewards waiting to take the passports and they said, Oh, Mr. Paul, you're the VIP today. You're flying on your own. Portuguese there? Portuguese. (laughs) Flawless Portuguese accent. Perfect. The project manager said the flight really was like his own private jet. With maybe a few too many seats on it. The cabin crew were smiling. They kept calling me King Paul, he said. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Incredibly strange choice. (laughs) He even took a few photos with the crew who were working the flight. The service on the plane was second to none, he said. 
They did a one-on-one -on -one safety demonstration. We took photographs and the captain came out and had a chat with me, he said to SWNS. I'm imagining being on this flight and somebody is standing like 40 centimeters away from you doing the safety demonstration while you just look at your phone and You're ignore like, them. Oh, oh, like... Yeah, this is my actual nightmare that they're like looking at you actively as you're meant to be watching them. No, thank you. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it before. I've been on a plane. Yes, I will get oxygen first before giving it to my child. I understand. I will help myself before the people around me or whatever. Mm. Is that what you meant to do? You meant to put your own mask on first? Yeah, you yes. got to put your own mask yeah, on Yeah, see, first. that's why you need to listen to the safety briefing. <clears throat> well, I knew. I knew, didn't I? And anyway, uh, trust me, I would always do that before helping my child. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part in the Jetstar safety briefing that just burns into my head every fucking time where the phrasing they use is like, uh, in the event of an emergency, please leave everything behind. Which, like, obviously they're talking about don't try and get your belongings, but it, there's something weirdly like... Do you think they mean like, um, you people? know, leave... Oh, I, th I think they mean like leave behind all of your regrets, your all of your disappointments. Yeah, yeah leave your leave behind. 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 They're yeah. talking about dying and your soul passing on, turning on the wheel of samsara, leave everything behind. Don't bring your insecurities. Your corporeal form, yeah. gone. Yeah. Your regrets, gone. The lessons you learned, missed opportunities, mm. gone. Leave everything Let behind. Let it go. Leave behind. Leave, uh, leave behind, uh, you know, the disagreements you had with your neighbours. Yeah. And also your bag. And But especially your bag. Don't, <laughs> Most, you don't yeah. need to bring your fucking iPad your bag. with you. To hell, where you're going, pal. <laughs> King Paul, straight to hell. <laughs> the three-hour flight cost Wilkinson roughly $143. And he jokingly asked for a refund for his seat. Don't be a prick, Paul. Yeah, how funny was that? What's the joke? Was it worth it? What is the, the joke? fucking shit joke. What's the joke? Oh, this is a terrible seat. Can I have a refund? Shut the fuck up, King Paul. I mean, I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious that you're the only one who definitely... Got value out of out of the plane ticket, you know. Yeah. Hmm. One of the funniest parts of the day, he said, <laughs> was when the plane arrived in Belfast and Wilkinson's luggage was the only piece of baggage claim. <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. No, and that's comedy, baby. That's comedy. As yeah. opposed to being the logical extension of. <laughs> The entire experience that you've had so far. He's describing like a scene from a Zach Braff directed it's sad indie comedy where like the yeah, main character is sitting to alone. The shins. Yeah, and it's just the one one item of baggage going around and he's waiting for it to stop. It's not his. I'll see if I was confused. If yes. I was punching that scene up, right? He'd he'd, <laughs> okay. he'd stand there. He'd stand there waiting. You know, looking a bit sad. Yeah. Waiting for his bags to come out right, and because we've all seen him alone at the airport and alone on the plane and alone at the baggage thing, and it, it comes out and it starts coming around to him, and then just as it gets near him, another guy appears and is like, "Oh, that's my bag." He takes it and he walks out. Yeah. yeah. Or they get they get into a tussle, you know, and then maybe the next scene is him going to like the funeral or whatever that he's going to, but he's got a black eye, and yeah. you know he's you know he's going and no it. bag. He doesn't have his bag. Yep. And then for the whole movie, he's wearing the one outfit that's inappropriate for the things that he's going yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's like, hey, what happened? And he's like, I, I don't want to talk about it. Because he lacks will and vitality, yeah. and he's what? depressed. Why are you wearing a Hawaiian shirt to this job interview right after the funeral you yes. just went to? Yeah. You know? Yes. We're going to make a million dollars. Yeah. He it's needs so a quirky money. woman to yeah. liven up his depression. Snap yeah. him out of it. Oh, my God. He sees 
Natalie Portman is walking around town with like wheeled luggage and it's his <gasps> suitcase. It's his suitcase. Oh, like, a, like a serendipity her. type thing. But it turns out she just bought it from like a, thr- a thrift store, as they'd say. Yeah, in she's thrifty. Yeah. Because she's quirky, all her clothes are secondhand. He's like, hey, that's my fucking luggage. And she's Bitch. like, I don't know you, mister. Step off. I'll kill you. I'll I'm kill you. I'm listening to Shoots Too Narrow. <laughs> oh, see, I was going to ask. If, like, I, if, we, if, if we made a movie like that today, like the abysmal Garden State. 100 gigs. Yeah, that was the band I was going to say. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. She puts the headphones on it. (laughs) She's smiling. He's wincing in agony because he's seven years older than her. You know? Let me show you some real music and it's live. Dolphins cry. (laughs) My goodness. So anyway, uh, this loser got his piece of luggage. Yeah, King Paul. King Paul. Not the fucking king anymore, are you, Paul? Back I'm on Earth. Commit fucking regicide. <laughs> I just, I just watched the movie Twelve Angry Men for the first time recently. What a I wonderful think, picture! Yeah, I think it was when I had COVID and I just had a couple of days of just sitting on the couch, you know. And I was like, let's get through a, a backlog of movies. <laughs> um, and I watched Twelve Angry Men for the first time, and there's the scene where they're they're all talking about the old man who said he heard. His witness account of saying he heard the the stabbing take place and a body fall on the ground and stuff. And the old guy who's on the jury is like, you know, here's this man who's never been listened to, you know? He's just gone through his life and nobody's ever really paid attention to him or cared about him. He's a real pathetic loser, see? Real pathetic loser. And then one day somebody was like, hey, they listened to him and they said, did you hear anything? Did you see anything? And like he's never had his name in the paper. He's never been quoted in the paper, and that's a big deal to people. That's King Paul. Yeah. yeah. He's having his moment. He's he having is. his fucking moment in the sun. You know what? If you're listening to this, Paul, if you're listening to this paywalled episode of an Australian <laughs> comedy current events podcast, you're nothing. You're pathetic. You're nothing. You disgust me. You're a grubby little worm, and you think just because you got on a plane. He's telling this story to everyone. Everyone. And they're so fucking sick of hearing He's it. Craning his neck cool. around 270 degrees because he heard someone say aeroplane. And he's like, you talking about planes? I've been on a plane. Every time that Paul catches a, a flight for the rest of his life. He's telling his seat neighbor. Yeah. He's going to turn to them and go, you know, one time, one time I got a plane. And you, would, you wouldn't believe what happened. Slide attendant is like tea or coffee, and he's like, I'm King Paul. You've probably yeah, heard about me. me. Yeah, that's me. King Paul. You've you probably heard about King me from the. It, I, I bet there's Your a Majesty. real, like, real underground network of, uh, of, of flight attendants who talk to each other. Word gets around. I'm sure, yeah. you've heard of King Paul. The, the group chats. King Paul. Yeah. <sighs> My suitcase came around on its own because I was the only one in baggage claim. Wilkinson recalled on his deathbed 40 <laughs> years later. <laughs> I remember it as if it were yesterday. Screen starts shimmering. <laughs> Go back. Yep. Yeah, there it is. One piece of luggage. As he's getting off the plane, the pilot says to him, earn this. Earn this. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Paul looking at this newspaper clipping that 95 tears rolling down his face. <laughs> I hope I did enough. I hope I did enough to be known as King Paul. Roast of Paul. God, I hope he hears this so bad. 
Don't send it to him, by the way. Don't clip this at email Paul... Sorry, just get his Wilkinson. name. Paul Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Not that many people in Ireland. He's from Lancashire, so he's, he's English, oh, and he's, he's a English. project manager. So don't use that information to track him down on LinkedIn, which he almost certainly has, because he's a project manager. Mm-hmm. Don't send this to him. Paul Wilkinson, 65, Lancashire, England, project yeah. manager. Don't do it. He was on the flight after leaving a golfing trip in Portugal to meet his wife, Deborah, in Belfast, saying she too was travelling, although not on a private plane. Well, no, with the, you no, weren't with you, on a private pal. plane. Yeah. You weren't on a private plane. Stop it. You're fooling yourself. <laughs> I don't know why would be so mean to... This is probably a fun day for him. I'm, I'm going to be honest... If I was the airline that ran... Oh, no, it does say Airline Jet 2. I was going to say, they got no publicity out of this, but they're up top. It's okay. Yeah. My wife said she was cramped up on another flight and I was on my own private jet. You weren't. You weren't. You weren't, Paul. You're sitting in the same seats. You're not a king, Paul. You're not a king. You're a pretender to the throne. Do um, Do you think that he, when he tells this story several thousand times before his his death mm. um <laughs> next week yeah do you do you think that when he tells the story he's gonna start kind of leaving out the part where it was like a commercial flight and he's just gonna start saying so i was on my private jet i was on a learjet i this was on my own plane which is a concord by the way they still fly at my concord that me. i have it was yeah. mine for me and they i made an it. exception for me i was the pope on that plane and the king yeah. also I reckon for every flight from now on, he's saying, boy, this isn't quite like the private jets I'm used to flying on. Yeah. Well, they all call me Sexy Paul. They call yeah. me Big Dick Paul on that plane. Sexy Big Dick King Paul. <laughs> You've probably heard of me. You know? Not Fucking even a long Paul. flight. Not even a long flight. <laughs> you are Buddha Vista's Bitch of the Week, Paul. <laughs> Pussy of so the Week. Much better than- <laughs> Con- fucking three-hour flight on an empty plane. Congratulations to 65-year-old father of one Paul Wilkinson from <laughs> Lancashire, England. You are the Buntavista bitch of the week. My goodness. Well, he can tell people about that one, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They said I had oh a God. big dick. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's almost enough about Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, nothing but Paul. Paul, hour all Paul. Paul, Paul hour. Welcome <laughs> to the Bunta Vista Paul cast. All Paul, all of the time. That's been a little teaser of Paul in this episode of Bunta Vista. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was trying to remember what month was next to suggest that maybe instead of Playpral, next month we'll be having a Paul-themed month. Pay. Yeah, really hard to fit Paul into no, May. No, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Mall. Mall? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Welcome to Mall. Welcome to Mall. It's the all Paul month on Buenta Vista. Pay Paul. No. Oh, yeah. no, no, that's no. still this month, I guess. <laughs> that's where Paul pays you $300 to make fun of him on a podcast, which hasn't <laughs> happened here, by the way. It hasn't. It's, it hasn't. Is it a fetish or kink thing? Making fun of him very, very spontaneously. 
Uh, that's right. It's play pro. Tell all your friends about the podcast where uh, they're working in the shit factory and making fun of an old man. Tell them to start this episode for about five minutes in. Oh, okay. Let's give the first half. Start about 45 minutes in, actually. <laughs> you really want it for the poll bashing. Yep. Well, thanks for sticking around for an episode, a bonus episode of the podcast, Punta Vista. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you going to all the effort of like digging out your your debit card, your credit card, you know, signing up. Writing that CVV on there. Yeah. I get so fucking mad when the only payment method accepted on thing is credit card and I have to actually type all the numbers in. Fucking furious. Yeah, my, my browser just auto-completes it. Yeah. Um, no. No. I want to be signing in with PayPal. I want to be... These days, I'm, I'm Apple paying on my phone. You know? I will never Apple pay. You were just mounted a perfect exit from this episode. (laughs) And then we're like, you know what? I'm sick to death. Hey, Hey. it's time for the fucking... (laughs) Time for the roast of credit card numbers. (laughs) If you're sick and tired of your credit card number, send it in to mailbag at buntavista.com. We'll sign you up. Yeah, Yeah. we will. We can analyze your credit card number for you and tell you whether it's good or bad. Don't forget expiry date. CCB. Yep. Photo I'm a of both professional sides of the card. numerologist. That's right. I'll yes. tell you if it's lucky. Yes. <laughs> Punching it in to like, you know, buy yourself another fucking 10 PlayStation games and saying, yeah, this number's unlucky. Unlucky <laughs> 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 for you, Paul. You fucked up. Oh, uh, thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.